Now see here, Pamela, I need you in the field. We need you to cover the banks, see? What happened to your voice, Ryan? Let me give you a piece of advice, Cookie. Hey, hold it right there. I'm not a cookie. Fair enough. You're the best gal in the newsroom who can explain finance. So get out there and find me a story. Tell you what, Cupcake. Wait a minute. I'm gonna get this story, not for you, and not for the banks, but for tenors everywhere. Got me, Tater Tot? Yes, ma'am. I'm Pamela Kirkland. And I'm Ryan Willard. It's Wednesday, March 29th. This is the 10 News. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. While Ryan finds his way back to this century... Where's my typewriter? You've probably heard about several banks collapsing. And no, not the buildings themselves. Several banking companies have run into big problems and have been forced to close. What happens when the place where people and businesses keep their money shut down? I have the story. It's time for the 10 News Explains... What's going on in banking? Let's dive in. First, let's talk about what a bank is. A bank is like a piggy bank, where people and businesses can save and borrow money. When you or your parents deposit money into a bank, that money doesn't just sit there in an account. That money has things to do and places to be. The bank lends that money out to other people and businesses so they can do things like buy homes or start new companies. Now, Silicon Valley Bank, or SVB, was a very special kind of bank. It focused on helping tech companies, you know, those cool businesses that create things like smartphones, video games, and robots. SVB gave these companies the money they needed to grow and become successful. So what happened? Let's break down a few of the reasons why SVB collapsed. First, risky loans. Imagine lending your favorite toy to a friend who doesn't take good care of things. There's a chance you might not get it back in the same condition or at all. This is enough! SVB lent money to some businesses that were very risky, which means they had a higher chance of not being able to pay the money back. Second, too many eggs in one basket. (gasps) SVB mostly focused on tech companies. When some of those companies didn't do well, the bank had a harder time recovering because it didn't have other types of businesses to balance things out. Third, They didn't have enough money saved. Just like you should save some of your allowance for a rainy day, banks need to have some extra money saved up in case things go wrong. SVB didn't have enough money set aside to cover the losses from the risky loans they made. Okay, that's bad. Treasury bonds, economic changes, and other factors also played into the bank's collapse. Let's talk about the final moments leading to the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. What happened was something called a bank run. Instead of a bank, for a moment, imagine a popular ice cream shop in your neighborhood that everyone loves. One day, a rumor starts going around that the ice cream shop is running out of ice cream and won't be able to make any more. 
Suddenly, everyone in the neighborhood rushes to the ice cream shop to get their favorite flavors before they're gone. The shop gets so crowded that it's hard for everyone to get served, and the ice cream supply starts running low. That's what a bank run is. So what does that mean for the banking industry? Well, when a bank like SVB collapses, it can cause other banks and businesses to become worried. They might think, hey, if SVB couldn't get their money back, maybe we won't either. This can lead to something called a credit crunch, where banks become more cautious about lending money. A credit crunch can make it harder for people and businesses to borrow money. This can slow down economic growth and even lead to job losses. It's like when you're playing a game of musical chairs and suddenly there are fewer chairs available. It becomes a lot more challenging to find a place to sit. It can also make people who have money in the bank wonder, is my money safe here? which means less people want to keep their deposits in the bank, giving the bank less money to lend out overall. But don't worry. There are special groups called regulators, like the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, who keep an eye on banks to make sure they're behaving responsibly. The FDIC even insures the money you deposit in a bank, up to a certain limit so that if a bank like SVB collapses, you don't lose your hard-earned savings. When something like the SVB collapse happens, regulators like the FDIC work to find out what went wrong and make sure other banks don't make the same mistakes. In the meantime, the government may step in to help out. They can do things like provide money to banks to keep them from collapsing, or even take over a bank temporarily to make sure it stays safe and secure for its customers. So what can you do? It's important to understand that banks play a big role in our lives, even if we don't think about them every day. You can help by being smart with your own money, saving it, spending it wisely, and learning how the financial world works. So do we need to be worried, Pamela? Not quite yet, Ryan. The FDIC has insured all deposits in both banks, which means customers and businesses won't actually lose their money. But when smaller banks go bust, it can mean an economic slowdown for all of us. We'll keep you updated about what's happening with the banks. Hey, Ryan. You know how we're always thinking of good advice to give our tenors? Of course I do, see? We brought in someone today who really knows their stuff. Here's Zach Rosen from the podcast, The Best Advice Show. All right, tenors, I am here with a living legend who happens to be the host of one of my favorite podcasts. So I'm gonna ask him, who are you, where are you from, and what do you do? Hey, Ryan, Uh, my name is Zach. My last name is Rosen, but you can just call me Zach. It's Z-A-K, which is kind of unique in the Zach world. And I live in Detroit, Michigan. That is the state with the mitten shape. Uh, And what I do is I get to talk to strangers all the time. And what I like to ask them is, do you have some advice for me? Well, when I was a kid, adults were always giving me advice. Should kids be open to it and why? I think you should definitely be open to it, but I think that you should be comfortable 
uh, not following the advice. And if someone is is super kind and they're giving you advice, you don't have to, and, and you think it's kind of lame, you don't have to be like, eh, I don't want that advice. Get out of here, old person. Um, you know, like if you don't like the advice, you can still say thanks for your input. You know, I appreciate that. But um, I think that you know what good advice is when you hear it because different people are interested in different things and different people are are uh, going to resonate with certain types of advice more than others. Like I really like advice about like creativity and, and art and stuff, but there's some other people who aren't particularly interested in the creative process. Um, so to answer your question, Ryan, yes, we should be open to it, but it's not like a prescription. You don't need to follow it if you don't want to. I, I kind of think I'm thinking about advice like clothes sometimes. Try it on. See what it feels like. Even if it's like this weird polka dot thing, like, huh, once I tried this on, I look pretty good. Right. So, um, yeah. Or, you know, donate it to Goodwill if you don't want it. <laughs> I think that's actually very insightful. But if if you know something and you want to help someone else and give advice, give a suggestion, what's mm. a kind way to give advice. I like that, Ryan. I think the first thing one should do when they're going to give advice is ask the person, do you want some advice? Because if I just go up to someone, even if I know them and say, you got to do this, that I, I find that off-putting. But if you're in a conversation, you find that your friend or your family member is struggling with something and and it's making you think of something that perhaps you went through or giving you an insight that you might want to share with them. Hey, um, do you want my suggestion? Do you want do you want to hear my advice? Um, so I would ask first because unsolicited advice is a lot different than um, welcomed advice, I find. So after you ask, what if you're still worried that the advice might hurt someone's feelings? What's an example of advice that could hurt someone's feelings? Uh, it might be that I smell bad and you might uh -huh. want to say, you uh -huh. might want to try some deodorant under your arms, Ryan. Uh-huh. Great. That's a great one. And so I think, I mean, I think intention is, is, is so important. If you go up to someone who's a friend of yours or maybe just a classmate um, and want to let them know, hey, I, I can, I can smell your BO. Um, I think there's a kind way to do it. And so, you can preface like, hey, you should get some deodorant with, hey, um, I've actually, you know, struggled with this myself. Uh, I'm so happy that someone told me that uh, my armpit stunk last summer at camp. And I'm just telling you this as a friend um, and no big deal. But like, maybe try deodorant. It's actually like really fun to shop for at CVS. That's actually one of the things that I really like to do as an aside, Ryan, I love deodorant shopping. Um, <laughs> you can invite someone to CVS with you and go deodorant shopping with them. That could be a fun friend date. Now, if I'm on the other side of that, that smelly debate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if, if I'm getting advice, is there anything I should do yeah. to, to process that if it could hurt my feelings or yeah. it might be weird or I don't know if I want it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think hearing, hearing the advice giver out thinking about what their intentions are like if it's a friend of yours that's going to be different than you know perhaps the the class bully who's isn't kind um to a lot of other people so think about the the possible intentions of of the person who's giving you the advice and then remember you can just 
let it wash over you if it doesn't resonate with you. If it, if, if, if it doesn't feel like something that's going to benefit your life, you can just be like, oh, thanks for the suggestion and then be on your way. But, you know, back to the back to this, the this, the smelly armpits um, example, like someone might suggest that you put on deodorant. Maybe you'll give a quick whiff and realize, oh, oh, yeah, maybe I could use some deodorant and then you can just thank them for it. Okay. Do you have any advice you want to give to our tenors? Yes. If you are hiking in the forest, and if there's a river nearby, and if you have to go to the bathroom, if you have to poop in the forest, but you forgot your toilet paper, walk down toward the river and find yourself a beautiful clean stone. Actually, find yourself like three or four. Wipe your butt with a clean rock, y'all. You're welcome. Uh, I wait. Is this is this real advice? You can you can wipe with a rock. I thought you're supposed to use like a leaf. Well, you should know leaves really well. You should know that the leaf that you are going to wipe with isn't a poison leaf like poison ivy or poison sumac. So if you're good with with leaf classification, I'm not. Um, I, I would go for the rock. And there is some night. And if you've done this before, we can we can get into the differences between wiping with a leaf, which can. Uh, crumble pretty easily especially if it's been sitting on the forest floor for some time a rock is sturdy um and if you have three or four of them you know you do one wipe with the first one throw it back in the throw it in the river then you got to clean one for for number two um number two for number two so uh you can experiment but i'm more of a rock man since i learned this advice i learned this from a wilderness educator um when i was when i was hiking in in colorado last summer Excellent advice. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to try that, and I will certainly not throw poopy rocks at my siblings. Uh, that was excellent advice, man. Thank you so much, Zach, the host of The Best Advice Show. No surprise that you are giving me the best advice and giving our tenors the best advice as well. Thanks so much, Ryan. Of course. Thank you so much, Zach. Uh, so, Ryan, other than wiping your butt with rocks, did you learn anything? Uh, once he suggested wiping your butt with rocks, I forgot everything else. Zach is so cool. And, oh, I, uh, put on some deodorant, too. That's good. Welcome to the trivia. Oh, it's just you. Hi, Ryan. Uh, it's actually not just me. One of our tenors stopped by the studio. Hi, Tessa. I'm Ria. So nice to meet you. I've always wanted to come and sit on the trivia throne. <gasps> oh, my gondola. Hi, Ria. Why don't you give her the official welcome to the trivia room? Of course. Welcome to the trivia room, Ria. Hop on up on the trivia throne for today's trivia question. This is so cool. Wow, this is way comfier than I thought it would be. You ready? You bet. What is going on here? Trivia on the ten. Albert Einstein was a physicist who discovered cool things about the different forces in the universe. And there's one force Einstein thought was the strongest. Do you know what? Is it A, gravity, B, compound interest, 
or C, the force. Tenors, did you guess it? Ria, what's your answer? Use the force, Ria. Hmm, this is a hard one. I think it's B, compound interest. The answer is B, compound interest. Albert Einstein apparently said that compound interest is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. But what is compound interest? It's when you earn interest on your money and interest on the new total. Think of it this way. If you were to get a $5 allowance each month and it monthly earned 10% compounded interest, at the end of the year, you would have $62.83 rather than just $60. While that might not seem like a big deal, when it comes to savings, this can really add up over time and can help you become a millionaire when you retire. Thanks for having me in the studio. Bye, Tessa. Anytime, Rhea. Tenors, do you want to sit on the trivia throne and share your trivia knowledge? Visit the10news.com slash contact to get in touch, and we might have you on the show. And now we've got to give some special 10 News snaps to one of our listeners. But before we do, here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts or at sciencepodcastforkids.com. Time for 10 new snaps. Tenor O-O-O-O-O-W-W-W-O-O-O-O wrote this review of the 10 news. 84 fire emojis. Thanks. Oh, wow. And thanks for listening to the 10 news. 10 things you need to know drops every Tuesday and our in-depth reports drop every Wednesday. But if you want some bonus content, you can join the Tenors Club on our website or on Apple Podcasts. Club members get special bonus content and more. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcasts. The 10 News creative team is looking for nice, clean stones by the side of a river and includes Tracy Crooks, Pete Musto, and Tessa Flannery. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan. I'm Ryan Willard. And I'm Pamela Kirkland. Thanks for listening to The 10 News. Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary? If the Loch Ness Monster was real, 
or if Ouija boards actually worked? On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, we look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.